1: Come come, come
2: come get
1: the IGN
0: What's up everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host Damon. I'm joined right now by Greg, hey. Alfredo, and hey. Justin. Hey. We've got a really big show for you today, so big in fact that we uh, need to bring in relief relief guests <laughs> to talk about all of our topics. We're gonna be talking about the return of a classic 16-bit cult favorite, maybe. We gotta talk about the latest Nintendo news, but first, last week, late last week, the newest Call of Duty was announced. This year's Call of Duty was actually leaked, as happens every year. As is tradition, (laughs) (laughs) it was leaked ahead of time. Call of Duty and Assassin's Creed. Call of Duty Advanced (laughs) Warfare. Oh, that's really (laughs) clever! I came up with that. I actually thought it would be better to show the actual full thing with the logo, but whatever, we'll go. Eric's a very busy man, our, the guy who makes our art. So, this is what we got. So you
3: will just <laughs> critiquing how <laughs> it's <this laughs> going to change it. We complimented it you're still like, well it's not as good as I wanted it, but Eric did all right for what he could do.
0: That's, yeah, that's pretty much some of it. Spot on, spot on. Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, we're seeing the trailer here. Uh, this is another sort of futuristic shooter that's gonna be, right? The, your soldiers have these exos suits you can jump high, they have super human strength. The sequel to Elysium.
3: And it starts. Yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> and it stars Kevin Spacey. Mm, mm. Jack Bauer himself. Yep. I think for the first time, I'm actually going to play. <laughs> no, for the first time in a long time, I'm going to play a Call of Duty single player game.
0: Right. So you didn't play Ghosts?
4: I haven't. It. The thing about, I think uh, with me and a lot of, a majority of like Call of Duty players, like we're the kind of people, the hardcore, just the hardcore fan base. We get in, the first thing you want to do is unlock everything, prestige right away. I feel like if they want those people to care about single player, then give us a reason why to play single player. A tie in. Yeah. Like if I beat these levels, do I get, you know, XP towards my character? Can I prestige that That's way That's quite a in cool,
0: some yeah. way? That's good idea. And is that is that a feature that they've announced for this? Or is that just no. you That's just you me just being
4: hopeful. But what I'm saying is that I will now probably play the single player because mm. uh you know, because of someone like Kevin Spacey. So your first reaction is
0: positive. Yep. You're interested. One of our viewers wasn't so hot on it. This is Michael Jones.
1: Michael Jones.
0: He says, I enjoy Call of Duty, but with the advanced warfare, it seems like a Black Ops 2 reboot. Does Sledgehammer and Activision actually expect us to purchase this unoriginal storyline? Yes, they do (laughs)
1: expect you
0: to
4: purchase
3: (laughs) it. And And you probably will, Michael Jones.
4: (laughs) I think, I mean, the way I look at Call of Duty now is the way I look at... NBA 2K, or just like it's gonna be, you know what you're gonna get, same thing. It's just a matter of just like, all right, there's gonna be small changes and variations, and whether or not, me personally, I think it's gonna be good or not, depends on how well the mechanics work you know, that year. Right. Like if they work well, then you know it'll be good, like Black Ops. If it doesn't work so well, then a lot of people won't like it, like Ghost. Well, yeah, but so,
0: you say a lot of people <laughs> didn't like ghosts. Uh, is it just ghost or ghosts or ghosts?
4: Plural, right? Yeah, I think it's ghosts. Yeah.
0: Uh, but we know now that that's the best-selling game on both the Xbox One and PlayStation yeah. Four, right? I mean, we we, we talk about it a lot. Is there franchise fatigue in Call of Duty? Is is its peak over? Is it? Gonna have a slow decline, but it seems it seems to be as popular
3: as ever. I mean, this is the same thing that happens every year. The game gets announced, everyone's super excited. It gets to review, people. Oh, it was all right, blah blah, and then they get super excited again. No, I mean, I don't think. I think the Never reveal of sense. ghosts
5: was pretty bad. Like there are all the memes the dog,
3: the well, fish, okay, yeah, the yeah. fish AI, because <laughs> it was
5: that. part of the Xbox One reveal, which yeah. was already
0: sort of the calamity. Shit.
5: Yeah, so, but this, I think the hype level for this is already higher. I mean, Kevin Spacey's a huge deal. Like, we've had big stars in video games before, and they do, they often do a great job these days. Like, Ellen Page did a really awesome job in mm-hmm. uh, Beyond Two Souls. Um, but, like, Kevin Spacey's an Oscar winner and an Emmy winner. Like, he's an incredibly, like, one of the most famous actors in the entire world, unlike other people that do kind of video game work. Like, and he's also never been hotter. Like, House of Cards is, like, the hottest thing on TV right now. Sure. Um, I He's think.
3: Not even on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I think no, it's, it's. I, I mean, yeah. I'm totally, totally excited
5: for like it. It gets me hyped for it. I've skipped. What was the last Call of Duty I played? Uh, Black Ops 1. Okay. And I'm, I'm actually the opposite of Alfredo, where like, I'll dip my toes into multiplayer, but I mainly just kind of go yep. through the story, and then that's all I do, and maybe I'll do you know, whatever, like, 20 multiplayer matches and I've had enough, and so I'm totally down to, like, learn about his character and, you know, what the
3: sort of Sledgehammer's
5: vision for, like, the future world is.
3: See, I'm the same way, where I just jump yeah. in and play the story. I usually don't even turn it on. Maybe now that I'm a Titanfall expert, thanks to Alfredo, <laughs> I will this time around to see if I can hang, but, like, my concern is that I'm going to jump in and it's going to be too little Kevin Spacey, right? We're not probably going to be playing as Kevin Spacey, I'm just I say saying, we don't know not. officially. I'm just saying we probably won't. Oh, uh, but no, now.
0: No, now that's but what I, I want, mean, I want to do. imagine like, if he was there
3: they they show the show like,
0: time. Kevin Spacey's giving that speech, and then the camera pans around behind his head, and then yeah, you go yeah. into his
3: head, and you're Kevin Spacey. <laughs> he's the thought, but but then he's like, and that's where I come <laughs> in. And then he takes off the glass, jumps, turns <laughs> off the suit.
0: Because he's he's an older guy, but he has this exosuit, yeah, so he okay. can do it every once. But so. I mean, that's my thing. Is I'm going to get, yeah. like, what?
3: A, a combined total of 45 minutes of cutscenes, and then I'll be like... I don't want it to get to. I mean, the gameplay's got to be there for me to finish it because I always want, you know, especially in Call of Duty with the story, like Black Ops Two, the last one I played through. I didn't play Ghost storyline. You know, you're playing through and it's just like running, shooting, 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 just to get to that next cutscene to see what happens to these people.
6: Rodriguez, get over there and do this.
5: So
4: that's what every Call of Duty campaign is. Ramirez. (laughs) Uh,
5: I thought we didn't we know, um, or maybe it came out in like when the Amazon page went up and stuff that he plays the villain. Kevin Spacey's the villain in the game. I thought. Uh, that's probably
3: true okay. probably true. <laughs>
5: he sounds like a bad guy yeah. so I think I, I'm excited about this I mean we're gonna learn more but the same as a game like Watch Dogs like I feel like it's relevant to what's happening in the world right now like Kevin Spacey runs this uh uh, private military corporation, um, and that's relevant to what's happening in the real world. It seems like if you take like our version of the world now and look at it through like a funhouse mirror of like if things go super shitty for like the next you know what, would couple decades, like this Call of Duty world seems relatively plausible. Like it actually has kind of a social, social message. Um, it's Sledgehammer's first Call of Duty that they've made on their own, so I'm excited to see. I feel like they feel like they have something to prove. Um, and so I totally believe in like, their vision to like, put their stamp on this franchise and right. be like, Nah, we can do it just nah, as good son. as the other two teams.
0: Is Michael Jones on to anything when he says it seems like a Black Ops 2 reboot? That was another one that was a sort of near-future setting, a futuristic Call of Duty.
4: I mean, I think it's just the mech suits overall kind of change it up. I mean, honestly, personally for me, if they didn't have mech suits, I don't think I'd be playing this card. I mean, just because of the fact I've played so much Titanfall, and I'm used to moving around the map so fast, so quick. And, th- t- I mean, don't get me wrong. Caught Ghost, you move around pretty quick, too. But, I mean, just the fact that I can wall run here and do there. I went back to Ghost and I was like, this is just too slow paced for me. So, the fact that it has mech suits for me, I'm like, okay. I'm pretty sure, like, I could traverse the land, like, in cool different ways. Mm-hmm. And, like, it does kind of have a Black Ops feel. But, I mean, wh- what are they going to do? Go back to the past? Yeah. At the yeah. Point? yeah. Like, We're
3: all still so sick of World War II, right? Like, there's nowhere
4: where they like, can go. They're either
5: current, they're either past... Unless it's
3: Wolfenstein, there's
0: there's Nazi mechs there. We're going to get to play Wolfenstein soon.
5: I'm surprised that I haven't seen more comparisons to Titanfall. Um, I I was worried, you know, the internet being the internet, I thought people would be like, oh, look at how they're blatantly copying Titanfall, and I would have to, you know, explain, no, like, games are in development for years, and they've probably had this vision for Mm -hmm. mech suits for years, but it seems like most people kind of get that, and they understand for once. Do the exosuits
0: give you ideas for what that could mean for a multiplayer?
4: I mean, Probably pro- yeah. In
0: multiplayer. Probably just. Well, I'm just, just saying, like, <laughs> that could be. Like, I mean, be
4: ca- a we, a <laughs> game changer. <laughs> you always do this,
3: by the way? Yeah, sometimes. Okay. But if you can't see at home, I've stuck my laces yeah, into the metal holes of my shoe. And they guess. stay there? Do they That's stay there? Or, like, just, right now, I fuck. Well, no, because it's like it's poking my foot. So it's kind of like a nice little treat. Or I'm like massaging I my it, foot with acupuncture. a treat. Try it. <laughs> Let me poke your feet. Anyway, welcome to shoot Scoop.
0: <laughs> Scoop. Exo suits in multiplayer could be fun.
4: I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think it would change the way COD's gonna be played, um, which I think it's it's a good way to. I think I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I so do you think I never played nearly as much Call of Duty multiplayer as you?
5: But you, the, part of the whole deal is you're always like glued to the ground, right? Like mm-hmm. if they change that, like I don't know,
4: will it feel weird? Will it still feel like what I mean, defines like Call of Duty? I, I don't. If, I don't Really think so. I came from the days where like playing Halo and playing like Rainbow Six, where there wasn't sprinting, and then COD came out, and you know you were sprinting around everywhere. Or like the later iterations of COD came out, and they implemented sprinting. And I was one of those guys. I was like, no, sprinting is horrible. Like I'm just gonna go back and play Rainbow Six. But I mean, you know, now I can't play without sprint. You know, and Mm -hmm. I feel like Titanfall took that to another level, and I feel like COD, um, at least with this iteration of COD, they're gonna try and push that w- the way FPS players move in games even further.
3: Hmm.
4: Now, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare is developed by Sledgehammer. Games, Sledgehammer!
0: One of three teams that are uh, currently working on Call of Duty games. Uh, they actually helped out with Modern Warfare 3, I think. They'd They've been it. on the
5: series for a while yeah. doing you know, multiplayer maps and stuff like that. But this is their first game that they...
0: They their 1st standalone? stand-alone yeah. in charge. But before they were even called in to work on Modern Warfare 3, they were apparently working on this third-person Call of Duty game set during the Vietnam War. They worked on it for, what, six to eight months and then had the 15-minute demo up. Uh, what do you think about third, a third-person
4: Call of Duty? I don't know, I think that would just. I don't really think it would. I don't know. It'd be nice to play for a minute or two, but I feel like... <laughs> well, yeah, it was only 15 minutes long, so... Yeah. <laughs> this is what this is
5: what I was touching on a second ago. Is like, what defines Call of Duty? Mm-hmm. Like, if it's a third-person Call of Duty, then it's some other game that they've put the Call of Duty name on. Like, I don't know. Is it the horror of war and trying to illustrate that? Or is it really fast-paced multiplayer? Like, to me, it's like it is that first-person experience. Aim down the sights. Like, not that that didn't exist before, you know, COD, but that was the game that really, you know, aim down the side, sprint, all that sort of thing is, is, is baked into like the lifeblood of what Call of Duty is. And a third person Call of Duty is, to me, another game that they're putting the Call of Duty name on. Yeah, mm.
4: I, I mean, just think about it. when you play like, for, like third person, like with Gears, you kind of just stand around a corner and use a third person to kind of peek around. I feel like it changed the way COD would be played too much. Sure. You're not a big first person shooter fan, Greg.
3: Right, but third person action games are usually where I end up being excited.
0: And you're a fan of Dead Space. Yeah. And uh, the co-founder of Sledgehammer Games helped create Dead Space and he said we were definitely going for some Dead Space moments in this mm. third-person Call of Duty game. So. A lot of
3: worms coming out of the walls. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Brutal, dis- brutal dismemberments, yeah. 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 Well, sure, that could totally happen. I don't know, that could have been something that you might have been interested in. No, yeah. I mean, that was the thing for me when they were like third-person, that actually was like, oh, okay, that would be more exciting. Instead of worms, it's Viet Cong. True. Sure. Busting out. You, just, you, you can hear them, they're crawling through the walls. Yep. It's on a spaceship. Because it, it was <laughs> yeah. You could be
0: down in the tunnels, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. You could totally create some scary moments yeah. out of that. I don't know. All right. So we're feeling pretty positive on Call of Duty at this point. The, this year's Call of Duty.
3: Yeah. And as can, always, can't cold. wait to be here a year from now. And you're like, well, it didn't pan out, but this next one sounds cool.
4: <laughs> 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 Every free Cod is just, it's COD. It is what it is. I, I, I know what to expect from it. I just hope the mechanics work really well this year. Okay. And, yeah. Today, do
0: you like Titanfall more than Call of Duty? Yeah. Definitely. So I'm not going to call it COD. I just, I, I can't get-, get lined up. <laughs> oh, what
3: about <laughs> your COD <plan> piece?
0: <laughs> That's a different thing. It's not a Call of Duty piece. <laughs> Although, maybe it should be. Uh, ah, so yeah, yeah. Titanfall, Titanfall over Call of Duty for you today. Yeah, definitely. Interesting. Well, we'll see if this year's Call of Duty Advanced Warfare can Change
4: pull
0: that. you back in. Yeah,
4: we'll
0: see. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. I'm going to dismiss you. And just Finally. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back to talk about Nintendo, the latest Nintendo news. Right back.
6: I love how Mario's like looking for
3: handouts. <laughs>
2: He's, like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, I wish I had my
6: wallet. I would put a dollar bill. There.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> welcome hey, back, welcome back to GameSweep, everybody. I'm joined now by Colin, Jose, and Brian, and we got to talk about today's Nintendo news. Uh, Nintendo has announced its annual uh, an annual operating loss for the third consecutive year in a row. In the past year, they've sold 2.7 million Wii U consoles. Uh making a total of 6.1. We use sold, that's less than the 7 million that PS4 has sold just since last November. Yeah, ass mm-hmm. business is doing much better, but still coming in below their estimates. Okay. Now, the question that you uh, posed during our morning meeting today, Colin, is why does Satoru Iwata still have a job?
2: Yeah, it's a good question, right? If he was in a Western company, the, the assumption would be, you know, in a, in a, in a less traditional company in a, in a more brash company that might you know be eager to, to make some cash and, and fix things he would be gone long gone um, and it, it begs the question of you know what kind of support does he have with the shareholders and, and all those kinds of things and I can answer that question for you okay I, I pulled Enlighten some numbers this. out of the Here shareholders the shareholder uh you know, or the documents, the financial documents, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, the shareholders vote to you know keep a water, what his approval rating is every year. Um, and in 2010, it was 96%. And in 2011, it was 92%. In 2012, 90%. 2013, 77%. Because so, that was the first year after the Wii would launch. Right, exactly. Yeah. So they vote again soon, and we'll see You know how that all shakes out for them as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's clear that Awada should be removed, um, and you got to kind of pay for, you know, your successes and your failures. He was there when there was great successes, of course, with Wii <laughs> and DS, but also was there during the R&D and greenlight process of the Wii U specifically, and the launch of the Wii U, which is clearly ill-advised in some respect. Sure. Um, and someone has someone has to pay for that. You know what I mean? Like things you can't always pin everything on the CEO, but someone has to you know, be the symbolic, like, you know, take... Who falls on his sword. Yeah, who falls on the sword and be like, you know, I gotta walk away. And, like, someone else has to try something different.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, I I think uh, the, 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 the obvious counter to that, right, is that Iwata still has a job because Iwata has been a visionary and was there during the time when they were making a lot of money. I mean, look... You know, he was president of Nintendo when the DS rolled out. Granted, that wasn't his idea. The famous story is that um, the prior president had told him that. Like, hey, we should go back to, yes, Yamauchi had told him we should go back to two screens. And when Nintendo decided to do that, he was part of that. But he's also the guy who signed brain training. He's also the guy, and that was a huge win for them as well. There have been a lot of successful wins under under his belt, but unfortunately, Wii U is not one of them. And 3DS started out as a loss, and that quickly got turned around. Right? They dropped the price on that. Mm-hmm. They brought out better software with like Mario Kart 7, with like um, Super Mario 3D Land. They made moves to try and entice people to come get that system in a time when, you know, we're inundated with free games. Right? Like Nintendo isn't just up against Sony and Microsoft. Nintendo is also up against the Apples, the Googles, Google Play, Android shops. Like. Mm-hmm. They are mostly attracting Nintendo's audience with devices that cost $200 and that have hundreds of free games on them. And there has been a casual gaming gold rush for the most part for these past couple years because everyone's making free games or low cost games. Sure. Excuse me. And Nintendo's not trying to do that. I know that a lot of fingers should point at someone, and you're right. Someone should sort of shoulder the blame for this, but I see it as he, I still think that. First of all, can Wii U be saved? I honestly don't know because this is a much bigger battle. This is the year that we find out, right? Yeah. If Mario Kart
0: and Smash Brothers can't do it, then I don't think anything can, right? Yeah,
1: right. and we've seen Mario Kart. I mean, Mario Kart looks amazing. Sure. That's going to move awesome. software. It has a competitively priced bundle. It could be a little cheaper. We've argued about this a lot, sure. Ryan sure. and I. But, uh, you get overall, a free game with it. You get another free game, right? That's right. Yeah,
6: I, just, I think my issue is that customers are still walking in a store and seeing something that's underpowered that still has a, a number 3 at the start of it and not a 2 or a 1 mm. you know i mean you need a 199 or a 299 and yeah they're going to lose money off of that but you're going to make it back in software and peripherals in the long run i think that like still going for that $330 price range you're not going to meet i mean these are such low expectations for a, a console to sell it's mm. embarrassing
1: it is. Like I, and I, want,
6: I want to see them turn around So I enjoy the Wii U and I I, I think it has its merits and it's got its, its reasons for being alongside my PS4 and my Xbox One and my PC and my 3DS and blah, 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 blah. But there's a problem there. Like I've never seen someone actually, a company come out and give such low expectations, especially off of the, the success of the DS and the Wii last time around. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very strange to see and I don't know if just pulling the plug on everything and putting out a new system is going to fix that. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that's what a lot of people want.
2: Yeah, that's a bad that's, idea. That's
6: not gonna do it for them.
2: Because it sends, <laughs> you can't do that because it sends a signal to the people that you're loyalists that bought your stuff that you don't actually believe in the product and so you're gonna abandon it early to try to get everyone else. Right. And Nintendo right. already knew, you know, it, it, what's funny is that Nintendo had this blue ocean strategy, this, this very famous, like, we're gonna get everyone and saturate the market kind of strategy and it worked, but like Jose said like they were beat to the punch by all the the smartphone and tablet well, manufacturers after they won, though, right but but, but 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 yeah. in terms of sustaining it because those people still you know the difference between a console like the Wii or and, and and a phone is that you're always on it or you're always playing with your tablet or you're always reading on it and it's, it's this an thing. essential device mm-hmm. yeah exactly and like you know the Wii did sell a lot of hardware the Wii also sold a lot of software but um, you know, there's all you know, I think that people read into the Wii's high numbers a little too much the same way that they read into PlayStation 2's numbers too, because PlayStation 2 is at 150 million, but like how many were 75 million of those DVD players? Like, yeah. you know, it's like mm-hmm. you know, so like you can't read too too much into those numbers, but what you can read into is the, the historic trend of Nintendo's uh, hardware trending downward. And the only thing that stopped that was the Wii and the DS, because they hit lightning at that particular point, lightning in a bottle with both of those devices, but the NES, you know, and that was a you know, the SNES was a drop-off from the NES. The N64 was a drop-off from the SNES. The GameCube was a drop-off from the from the N64, <laughs> then it went back up and now it's going back down. It seems like it's within the historical, you know, with within the historical accuracy, sure, ignoring sure. the outlier that was the week. But but and the to, same thing happens with the handhelds.
1: Yeah, but to be fair, I mean, in the case of those numbers dipping, I mean the market situation. there's a lot more context to the those situations than just the numbers themselves, right? For example, I mean in The Famicom slash NES era, Nintendo single-handedly revived the video game console market and was pretty notorious for being really, you know, iron fist about it where, you know, third party publishers and their ability to make Atari games whenever the hell they felt like it was a problem that eventually flooded the market to an extent. That caused part of Atari's downfall. So what did Nintendo do? Really harsh practices where your game has to get approved through us and we're going to make sure that this very fragile market doesn't fall apart. Super Nintendo era, yes, Genesis moved the goalpost and said, you know what, you guys are on the 8-bit front, we're going to move this to 16-bit and combat you earlier. And I think Nintendo still pulled out of that one, but definitely yeah. competition has changed. The one time I feel that it was a, com- well, actually the two times I feel that it was a complete bumble somewhat on their part, and 64 era sticking to cartridges yeah, absolutely totally. was a mistake. And in the GameCube era, they completely ignored the one thing that was slowly starting to grow on the other two platforms, which was online. Yeah. Nintendo was the one company that wasn't really interested in that space and wasn't trying to get people playing together. All the experiences were mostly local, have fun with friends on your couch, which has slowly kind of disappeared from everyone else's, you know. Right. Offerings. Yeah, it was
6: it was a very different climate. I mean, you talk about how well they sold back then. I mean, that was when people said People called video games Nintendo. Mm-hmm,
0: you mm-hmm. know,
6: people said, "Oh, i my my son's in there playing the Nintendo. No matter what he was doing, right. he'd be doing drugs. Right. Like he's in there."
0: Like, <laughs> um, like, like, what a win in your industry! Like, isn't that yeah. like the the best thing you can do? Like Kleenex, yeah. like Q-tips. Yeah, these are names of these are like these are brand names. They're not really the name of, of Band-Aids, right? Yeah, exactly. those those are medical adhesive strips. Yeah, that's no, not hot in the no streets. matter what business.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: no matter right. what business you're in, like the holy grail must be like oh, we just we got to get everyone in the world to call all
6: these things. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, And there was no competition, right? So of course they dominated. And once you started splitting all that up, then yeah, everybody got smaller and smaller pieces of it. So um, it's been strange to see that happen. That being said, at the same time, I really think that what happened with the Wii U was they took this sort of systemic psychological approach that was very different than the Wii. The Wii was about bringing people together, it was about getting people who don't play video games bring them together in the same room with simplicity and elegance of handing them something that they could understand. The Wii U turned its back on all of that. It pushed everyone away. It gave one person, one thing, the hunch over that was riddled with buttons and had motion and all sorts of problems that were not there when you could just pick up a white remote, hand it to your grandmother and be like, let's bowl. All of a sudden, all those people were pushed away. It wasn't about we. It was about you. It was about yourself. We, you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that was a gamble. And they thought, you know, people are hunched over their devices. You know, this will get them.
0: But they were already hunched over different devices. They recognized that tablets were going to be a thing. Right. Which I think
1: they were trying to capitalize on. And they were also also kind of recreating the DS in your living room. The idea of having two screens. But they never really came up with a cool way to exchange data or experiences between them outside of a party setting. If you played something like Nintendo Land with friends, you had a blast. If you played other games for the most part, like maybe Game and Wario, even though that was sort of a weird standalone experience, if you played with other folks, you had a really good time. Um, So that's been pretty much their struggle is, hey, we have this tablet, we have these ideas, and it, it kind of, for the most part, stuck to Nintendo's philosophy of making hardware, which is, you know, use something that is not super expensive or super sort of costly for us to make, put that out to consumers, and then have a nice price padding in there so that we can make money off of each unit we sell, rather than selling every system at a loss, which is what most hardware manufacturers do for the most part, right? They say, we'll make it up in games. Nintendo never really followed that approach. Now they have to because they have to put the cost down, to entice people, but the bigger problem for them too is software, and it's always been software. It's been software for the past year, where we're sitting here saying, okay, Donkey Kong was the last hit in February, yeah. the next game's not the next big game, now let's talk about that, big games. Not, you know, you have your NES remixes, and they're great, sure, sure, and yeah. you have your virtual console releases, and they're fine, but you don't have a lot of software, and you're not cranking them out fast enough, and that hurts, you know, yeah. you have people's, right now, that's sort of happening a little bit with Microsoft and, and Sony, a little bit. I mean, big game releases, there's sort of some space in between them, but um, that's typical of the first year cycle, right, for any hardware, whereas yeah. this is year two. <clears throat> this is year two. Yeah, and
2: I, and I think what we Nintendo lacks, which I think is a huge mistake, was not only the obvious, Learning curve of and the growing pains of developing HD games, which is obviously something that Microsoft and Sony and their studios had already dealt with, and all sure. the other parties already dealt with and knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's hard, and that and that takes time. And, and they've admitted that that's, t- that's that that yeah. came back and bit them in the ass because they weren't ready for it. But I think it's more than that. I think it's that. Yeah, I don't think that. PlayStation or Microsoft or Xbox have more exclusives. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's actually true in terms of AAA exclusives. They don't. Yeah. What they have are third parties that yeah. fill in all of the gaps that's and right. downloadable yeah. indie games that fill in all the gaps and Wii U doesn't have that and yeah. that hurts. You know, oh. I was reading you know, their financials and actually Wii U has a really strong attach rate. It's over five. That's really, really good for a system that's not selling well. That means that people that have, have uh, the hardware want to buy games yeah. and you need to give them the games and they can, like you said, make up... The cost of maybe dropping the price on the back end and and save their financial situation. Um, you know that can be that can happen, but you need to provide them games. And you were talking about yeah, the the NES and the SNES had great quality control with third parties and, and really strict relationships. The five cartridges a year kind of thing going on that they have with the NES, but they never ever ever came back and figured out the third party relationship. The last time that they had a really strong third party relationship was GameCube in the beginning of the GameCube era. Yeah. And nothing since then. Mm-hmm. And then they did in Wii with a bunch of shovelware but nothing anyone yeah. really wanted and they you you have to have that you have to engender that or no one's going to want bu- bu- like you know really buy your system because yeah. what are they going to play in between Mario? You know sure, like yeah, everyone wants fair. to play Mario. Mario's excellent. You know Mario's sales on Wii were actually extraordinary. Yeah. Um yeah. the attach rate there is huge is only like
1: Which Mario? uh 3D uh, World.
2: Uh, no, no, the the one before Mario Brothers Okay, just checking. Yeah, sorry. New Super Mario Bros. U like I think only 20% or so of people that own a we don't own that game yeah. right? that shows that people are actually like uh, you know attached to the, this
1: first party and, well, and they, they really bought it with a bundle with that coming in and sure. I'm sure that that's part of it cuz that became a bundle later So I, I
6: mean sure. I honestly context. think it's too late to 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 mend the bridges with all the third parties and I think the third parties aren't interested in creating new experiences on last gen hardware no, not really. and I think that they're not especially interested in doing that if Nintendo themselves are hesitant to lead by example and say this is what this can do they haven't done that. I mean, well, we they, talked about they that. Kind right? of
1: are with Mario. I mean, if with Mario about Kart, p- pure graphical quality. I think with Mario Kart, they are proving that. Jose, that games can look. We really know
6: good. Nintendo know, knows how to make pretty games. We yeah. know that third parties know how to make pretty games. That's right. We don't know that Nintendo knows what to do with this giant thing in my hand. Yeah. Okay, but that's besides a, a that's the whole. Like, why would I? Problem. That's a huge problem. And it's the same thing with the 3DS, where you know, for years the DS was about dual screens. Mm-hmm. 3DS, no one cares about the bottom screen. It's mostly just a big picture of a mushroom now. Or a pause yeah, button. Sure. Well, especially you know, Donkey
1: Kong Country is one of their flagship titles, right? Yeah. Uh, what's it got on the bottom screen? Nothing. It's no, blank for sure. And there was a time where, when, for example, in the early of the DS, early part of the DS's life, publishers and developers were trying to fit every little gimmick they could, from mic blowing to tapping the screen to all right. this other stuff. And that slowly went away because Nintendo said, "Just make a great game, and sure. we'll figure it out." I think you're right, and obviously, price is the problem. The console costs a lot. Yes, the games are a problem, but I still think that. Calling the, the the hardware last gen, which maybe from a technical perspective, if you want to go there, absolutely you can make that claim, but. We're half of this. more than half of this room is playing Mario Kart. Do you guys think that game does not look good by no, today's standards? No, it does. That's not even in question. absolutely though. amazing. That's not in question. But- so it's possible to make games that look really good on there. They just need to entice people to make games, and they also need to churn out games that they're making faster. Well, if Smash have- Brothers slips into 2015, that is bad for business right now.
6: Bad for business is, is a third-party developer saying that this console does not support our vision which is what happens when they go, here's our new Batman game. It, it Batman. won't run here. Here's the new Tomb Raider. It won't run here. Like the, You're running into all these walls constantly, and no third-party developer is going to say, let's scale back all of our assets and our vision. Let's make the worst version of this game possible and yeah. put it on the console with the, the smallest install." Sure, base. but like, that it's ties difficult. into
1: what we were talking about with GameCube a minute ago, where Nintendo has kind of ignored for a while ignored the way online was headed and the way sort of games were getting made. So third parties were kind of looking at them like, well, if we're making a game that's a standard for the other two platforms and yours is different, how does that work? I completely agree. That was a lesson I think that definitely got learned during the GameCube era. And so what does Nintendo need to do? They need to find another way to entice people to make either unique games for their system and with the rising cost of development that's going to be really hard right what is how much does it cost to make a game now it's insane i mean 20 it, it, bucks it, it,
2: 500 million yeah. dollars <laughs> <for Destiny. laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's it, altano's right just in the sense that you know i agree like i have i've called wii u last gen and in in, in, not in the literal sense but just in the sense it's it's a playstation 3 you yeah. know like maybe a little bit so. more powerful than a playstation 3 and and yeah mario kart does look beautiful it's a gorgeous game but uh-huh. you know mario, like but wii u couldn't run drive club or forza right like like you can't take like a Batman game, like you said, it'll fall, like an open world Fallout would never run on Wii U or next gen, like, and that's a problem. Like when when and that comes back to a lot. I mean, that's what we were talking about in the beginning. Like, you have to have the vision to say like, hey guys, like wait a minute, we need to make a powerful system that we can entice third parties to easily port their games to us because they're going to port between these uh, assumed next PlayStation and Xbox consoles, and we need to say like, port to us too, and ma- let's make it easy for you. And, yeah, it's like, you know, there's no reason with an install base to have to make go through the trouble of doing that. No one's buying third-party games there anyway because they're all, you know, or many of them are kind of half-assed. Or, you know, like with Mass Effect 3 where it's like, where are the other two?
1: Or yeah. um, or even Splinter Cell. Like, yeah. I, I mean, you told me that was sort of competent with, with all the other versions. I enjoyed it, seen, yeah. Yeah, sure. But overall, like, we don't hear that sold well. We didn't hear right, but a lot of games that sold was well. That
6: was before the PS4 and the Xbox One launched. Like, that was a game that was the same on all three. There was a year there. Where you could play games on 360, PS3, and Wii U, mm-hmm. and a lot of them were very similar. Wii U ones obviously lacked the online infrastructure that the other two had. But then the PS4 and the Xbox One came out, and that conversation stopped. Yeah,
2: um, yeah, and, and that's and that's and I really do think that's a, a, a you know we can the Wii U is going to have great games. Nintendo clearly doesn't believe in it. Based on their numbers, mm-hmm. they don't even think that Mario Kart and Smash Brothers are going to move more than three million hardware units. Oh well, yeah, That's, and that, by the way, those are shipped numbers. The six point two million is shipped that is not sold. So they probably have they probably have problems in their pipeline now because they're not mm-hmm. manufacturing. This is and and this is going to start chipping into their famous war chest that everyone talks about. They're going to start. You start losing lots of money when you have you know manufacturing issues and when people aren't buying your products and all those kinds mm-hmm. of things. You know, you got to be careful, and that's some, that's got to fall on someone. You so know? If they don't.
0: But if they don't believe in the Wii U, what do they believe in? What's what's their next move?
2: What's the plan? I think they make. I keep saying, and I've saying, I've been saying for years, they make a hybrid handheld that can connect to your TV. I mean, they, ha- they and it has to be powerful, and they have to, and they have to do that. You know, like. Even their handheld trajectory has been down. DS again is an is an aberration compared to Game Boy down to Game Boy yeah, Advance and up to 3 have, uh, yeah exactly. Yeah, but
1: DS didn't have the, the smartphone competition that 3DS has to do right. With. And I DS mean, is also
2: fair. arguably my my favorite handheld mm-hmm. of yeah. all time. But you know, but then 3DS is in totally respectable territory, but not going to be Pretty obviously dreamo, you know. Yeah. And so it's very good, but not not as good, right? So the trajectory is all the same, and frankly, it's the same across everything. PlayStation Four, I don't believe, is going to sell as well as PlayStation Three did. You know, yeah. um, which didn't sell as well as PlayStation 2 did. So like, this is everyone's, that PSP and Vita. It's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, totally. You know? This but is whatever. where we are now.
6: Um, and I, I agree with what you're saying about this this uh, this hybrid device that we've all been asking for for years, because I really feel that the, the number one reason for it is that they're splitting all their views right now. Like right now, if I want to play Mario Kart, but all I have is a 3DS, I can't. If I have uh, a 3DS, and or, or if I have a Wii U, and I want to play uh, Link Between Worlds, I can't. I mean, as a Nintendo fan, you've been required for the last 10 years to own two devices that you're constantly jumping back and forth on. And yeah. they expect people to do that, but they also expect that their audience is young, and a lot sure. of people can't afford both of those worlds. So I think that you you ditch the arms race, you get out of the try-to-making-the-best-looking-things-ever, you make one thing that you can take on the road and you can plug in your TV that has the lineage of all Nintendo games on it, classic, and then you have all the new stuff that's coming out. You, you pick a line where you stop, you say goodbye to third parties forever, and you go, this is the Nintendo
5: box, good luck.
1: Yeah, but a, but a hybrid, I mean, I definitely like the idea that folks keep tossing around about this hybrid device, and it would be completely different from the other two, which at, at the end of the day, that's what they need, right? Mm-hmm. And their portable business has always done better, at least for the past three generations, than their home business. Yeah. Um, however, what is that thing gonna cost? I mean, if this thing has to output to a 1080p 55-inch television, it's gonna need innards that are serious business. And one of the things that Iners. is part of Nintendo's Nintendo's philosophy, I know, didn't I just say that? <laughs> one really integral piece of Nintendo's philosophy since the beginning, since the NES, Famicom, and Game Boy has been that the components that make this thing cannot be super crazy expensive. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we don't wanna drop a bombshell of a of, of a product on people who are not gonna buy it. I mean, you look at over the years, the competition to the Game Boy, there have been better handheld devices with color screens and backlights, and yet who won? It was always Game Boy because it was a cheaper priced alternative right. that had a really good software lineup of, of games. Sure. And it is all about install base and they need a way to, to to kind of entice and push people to that and they haven't found it. And it's really unfortunate because it sucks, <laughs> you know, like honestly. Nintendo, we expect better from Nintendo and That's the you know. that's the
2: disappointing thing is that we, we, we need better from them and that means they need new leadership and they need a new vision, you know? And I think the new vision should be we need we need powerful hardware and we and you're gonna spend you know, you're gonna spend money. If you wanna play Nintendo games, yeah. we're gonna give you something that makes you feel like you're playing, you know, a next gen game for once. You know what I mean? Because like we've always like you said, like, you know, is even like with the Wii next to the PlayStation Three or the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty? It was like when I'd go play Super Mario Galaxy. It was like this is an amazing game. You guys can push this hardware. Like you were saying with Mario Kart, like you guys mm. can push this hardware. Yeah. Um. So imagine what they can do with current gen hard, like real hardware. You know what I mean? And like mm-hmm. just say, like, you know, maybe we have to slant a little older. Maybe we have to, you know, go a little more boutique. Maybe we have to. You know, do things differently because what we're doing right now is obviously not working. You know, and like someone needs to just say that. They, you know, Nintendo has things the other their competitors don't, which is massive catalog of lovable IP, and like and people will go to play them on pieces of hardware that they believe in. No one believes in the Wii U, you know, because because and that's just the fact of the matter because. It just seemed like it. It didn't belong, right? Like it was like the Dreamcast kind of. And I love the Dreamcast. I was there nine nine ninety nine when it came out. I bought it, but (laughs) it was kind of like this this halfway kind of step. And everyone's like, no, like we already we know that on the horizon. Like the other two guys are gonna have something better, and 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 they did, you know. And like so, you like they need to. It it was the the whole "wada" mentality of like retreating from E three last year. No, fight! You have to fight. You know what I mean? Like, show why you believe in your products and stuff like that. You need someone with that mentality because this passive stuff is not working for them. This sticking by Wii U and not getting rid of the tablet, which they absolutely should, just get rid of the tablet. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it'll make the console cheaper. And you know, if if you believe in the whole like price point and, and install base, you have to do things like that. You need sure. someone to make typical decisions. Yeah, so but that, that, that gamepad's
1: g- such an important part of that strategy, man. I think they just have to make it smaller and make it cheaper. Uh, like I don't
2: know if you have to get rid of it. I
6: don't. I don't. I don't know. I think I. I. I think it's the it's the That's least. That's the majority
1: part. of the way you play with uh, you. It is. All you tell me is I play with you while you know my girlfriend's doing X, Y, and Z. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's
6: great, and I love doing that. But if I had to play it like my PS4. I'd bite the bullet and find time for it because it's just like, you know, I feel like if that's what's, if that's what's keeping me there but it's keeping millions of
2: people away, then let's bring the millions of people in, mm. yeah. you know? Yeah, well, make it, make it the think, other way. Like with Vita, yeah. you know, very few people own Vita. It's eight or nine million people. But if you want to play Vita like you play your Wii U on the tablet, then go buy the Vita. You should, they should just do the same thing with the tablet. Sure. Just sure. Like yeah, it's just it there. And just yeah, make versus, it optional. Yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. No, I, I can see that. Um, there were some those that say, oh, clearly I think one of the lessons here too that we're dancing around but we haven't said yet is that Nintendo bet on last-gen hardware and lost. They thought adoption for these next-gen systems They've was gonna to to be a lot slower. two generations in a row. Yeah, a yeah they I. did. Last generation, they did the same thing, and they won, right? Because yeah. it was not just, it was a very simple concept, and flat screens were a crazy amount of money. So it was like, well, who's gonna buy you know, these consoles when they cost <laughs> $600 and $500 to get? And it was a safe bet, and they became the second console for the home. At $300, they can't do that. Nope.
0: Well, I would not want to be Awada right now. Going to work every day for him must be very unpleasant.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can't. Sure. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't. I mean, honestly, like I, you know, I can't imagine he lasts. Like, there's no like I, you have to. You have to make a change. You know, you have to have some like before you start the next R and D cycle, which I'm sure they're already really in of like the next whatever they're gonna release. Mm-hmm. You need someone there from the beginning that's saying like, this is my vision. I'm gonna take
1: responsibility yeah. for it. Um, well, they are talking a little bit like that. I mean, um, I want to say in January, whenever their last big meeting was, uh, one of the takeaways too was that we're bringing together our. Our sort of our handheld team and our home console team. Like we're going to have them talking because right now, in order for a game to exist on 3DS and on Wii U, it co- it exists in two completely different worlds because the architectures are so different, according to them. So something that would kind of. When they look at tablets and you see how an iPad is no different than an iPhone, they're looking at that and going, hmm, we need to be able to do something like that. So maybe this whole strategy and this whole thing that folks are hoping for, the hybrid device is real, I hope it's real, I hope so but too. it can't be super expensive and it can't be something that's gonna be an inconvenience because mm. I think as much as, I, I love my Vita and it's technologically capable and games look absolutely amazing on it, but why are people not buying that when it is such a high-tech powered device, right? What is the reason for that? I games, think the
2: like lack it. of games on that, yeah, and yeah. I, so same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think it's, I think it's games, and, and the price is more reasonable. I mean, Vita's, Vita's a, a, a failure, you know, like, and and that, and like, I, I like it, but it's, it's not what it could have been, and and that's, that is what it is, you know, like, sure. but, I, I, think you're, you're right in the sense that like, three 3D, like, three Ds and Wii U should have been designed with each other in mind, just like yeah. the Vita was designed with the PS4 in mind, yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, so at least they can talk to each other. The fact that you have to like rebuy games, and there's no. They're not networked together. There's no like you don't have a username that you can go onto a store. and yeah, buy but the, and the pull PS4 is there.
6: barely talking to
2: that thing. It talks to
6: it, it talks to it. talks with fine. I play I play games on my. No Vita. one's listening to
2: that conversation. Yeah, but but it's important to people but, to say like if know. I play a game on Vita, I can go and play it on you know most of these games are cross-buy. And cross-buying. that's great. And that's something they need to adjust. That's what I'm saying. That's like, something
6: they need. They absolutely need to adjust. So I don't keep buying Mario. That's what that's system system exactly what I'm saying. Year. Like yeah, when you but, buy a game on
2: Vita and it's yeah. on PS4, you get them for free almost every time. You know, that is a sweet deal. And not even the off-screen stuff. That's that's one thing. But I'm like you can, that's, that's next-gen thinking.
6: You know? it, is, like, it is, but all the sales in the right. world for the PS4 right now are not helping the Vita, so there's, there's a conversation block. Well,
1: it, it's, a, it's a bit of a different conversation there, right? I mean, because you're dealing with a device that costs a lot more as an accessory versus, like, again, having these two, like Wii U and a tablet together. But again, they still haven't figured out the tablet. They bet on and technology. Like, we're hoping to see a win here. E3 could have some really cool announcements. That's the thing, yeah. e is just
0: around the corner. Yeah.
1: yeah. Hopefully Hopefully today's Pokemon, yeah, to even today's it. Pokemon announcement was kind of a smokescreen, right? It's like, hey, our, our sure. forecast is low. By the way, Pokemon! Well, <laughs> and then that's everyone that's stepped yeah. back,
0: too. Pokemon is the best selling game on 3DS. So, yeah. Um, yeah. We will continue following Nintendo's fortunes or misfortunes here on IGN GameScoop, obviously. But let's end, something, let's end on something a little bit lighter okay. today you guys play a game called Shaq-Fu? Yes. yes. Back wow. in the day. Yeah. 1994, a game called Shaq-Fu was released on the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. It's a 2D fighting game starring Shaquille O'Neal, Yep. Where he, he was a martial artist. Yeah, and
1: a pose where he's like this, like on yeah. the cover yeah. or something. That's, really, yeah. that's
0: a bad game. <laughs> it is a really bad game. That's why they're making oh. another one. Yeah. I- just you, you guys hear about this? Yep, they're, yep. they're making another Shaq Fu. Thanks, called Kickstarter. Shaq Fu, A Legend Reborn. This is actually Indiegogo. Oh, really? So not, not Kickstarter, but it is another crowdfunding. Yep. It, it has earned $474,000 against what it was asking, which was only four hundred and fifty. dollars So it exceeded its goal. <laughs> this game is going to be made. We actually have the trailer. Wow. We have the trailer here for the new game. Is this queued up yet? Can we watch this?
1: I don't wear tights or a cape, but I leap dodge,
4: and I sure as hell fly. I'm the big daddy, the big Aristotle,
1: and I'm big time. Some ancient freaks got delusions of grandeur. Looks like Shaq daddy's gonna have to whoop some ass. Shaq Fu,
0: A Legend Reborn, is a game you can play soon on your PS4, PS3, Wii U. There you go. Xbox One, Xbox 360, and PC. Nice. Solve that third-party support problem. Yeah, there, yeah, it, there, there it,
2: is. it is. By the way, just real quick, I, I I have such a vivid memory of that game on Super Nintendo. My I was at my buddy's house, <laughs> and his older brother was going to the Toys R Us to pick up a game. He wanted to get like a, like a sports game. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were just waiting. We thought he was going to get like Madden or something like that. And uh, he came. He came back, and he came back with Shaq Fu. Here it is. He is and uh, and we were. And I, I remember my friend flipped like, out <laughs> on him. We played it for like ten minutes. We like he like lost his mind. I, I'll never. I'll never forget that as long as I live. Oh my God. It was <laughs> bad. But I was like the animation's better than I remember. The
0: animation's yes. actually yeah. pretty good for the wow. for the day. Uh, the game received a D from Entertainment Weekly. I did not know Entertainment Weekly was <laughs> games in 1994. That's oh, wow. an amazing footnote, right? Yeah, yeah. pretty good. So, yeah, it, it was a success on Indiegogo. It's going to happen. Uh, the description says, The developer is Big D's Productions. Big D's? Like D-E-E-Z? D's. D's D- oh, yeah. Alright, yeah, right there. Got He's it. A, <laughs> the description reads, We are Big D's Productions, a team of video game industry professionals that comes from legendary projects like Halo, Street Fighter, Final Fantasy, Alan Wake, Spec Ops The Line, Battlefield, Killzone, what? Max Payne, Duke Nukem and many other huge franchises. What? How
2: many? How big is
0: this team? I want to point out, I was <laughs> unable to find an official website for Big D's Productions.
2: I, you I'm think all that's right. real? No, I, that can't be. Like, who who on that team worked on Final Fantasy? I they, they, they went to Japan and got, and got. There's like there's a guy from the Japanese Dev scene on this. I on wanted to come to West to make. Yeah, what was this? <laughs> this this is like
6: Ocean's team? Eleven? They're going around the world and just finding like, this crack team of people. <laughs> we got Bill you Clinton. Were, we got, <laughs> you were the program. Chester we're Cheetah on. helped us with this game.
0: <laughs> sure, unbelievable. I can't believe this is real. Are you, are you surprised that this was funded? Four hundred seventy-four thousand dollars. That's crazy. It's notorious.
2: Was- that game's notoriously bad, so I'm actually right? not surprised. I think people, well, people are just- gunning for punishments. I guess. Uh, Maybe they just wanted to like they liked the joke of it. They
6: wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just. I'm just picturing some go. guy gets up in like the, the dev meeting for Halo Five, and he's like, "Hey guys, I have an announcement to make. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. They're like, wow, out. where are you going? I have to go
1: make Shaq Fu a legend oh. reborn with guys that are <laughs> uh, for <laughs> <Fantasy. laughs> I just, I want to know how they got Shaq's blessing for this. Like, <laughs> he's just, working on it. Yeah, it, I, I bet you his voice that's his team. team. This is all a lie.
0: Oh, no, no, <laughs> listen to this. Listen to this. He's so, coding like Kickstarter. There's like there's pledge tiers, and you can get you get perks for if you pledge a certain amount. People that pledged $150, they get to mocap their own signature move to be in the game. Ten out Anything? Of t- 10 out of 10 of those sold out. So th- those, wow. those people actually bought that. For $250, you get a
2: personalized voicemail from Shaquille O'Neal. Wow. And it can only be a voicemail, though. He will not talk to you on the phone. You have to let your phone ring. And then, and, and then. Yeah. Yes, he gives you the
6: message. <laughs> do not answer this phone. I have a feeling he emails you the message, but I like your version. <laughs> Where you're sitting there like, Shaq's calling. I got I to pick up the phone. Oh, I can't. For
0: $500, Shaq will follow you on Instagram.
1: <sighs> okay.
0: Well, that sucks for Shaq. But for $600, he'll follow you on Twitter and give you a shout-out. That's funny. Oh wow! Shaq has seven million followers. Wow. Now for thirty-five thousand dollars, this someone bought bought this too. Wait,
6: did, is that how the tears jumped from seven? There's there's more in there. Okay. I, <laughs> I couldn't read all of them. They're, they're That's a slippery slope.
0: <laughs> One of them is like you get sheet music of the musical score. One the composer will give you piano <laughs> lessons. This is these are real things. Yeah, he wow. worked
6: on uh, Secret of Mana and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for thirty-five thousand dollars, Shaq will DJ your party. What? <laughs> and someone bought it. I, we need an Indiegogo for this Indiegogo. I, I, w- I want that tier. We should that's
0: have him crazy. DJ here yeah. at IGN. We
1: need whoever got that to like write into IGN and let us know yes. so we can crash the party. That would be pretty amazing.
0: Who, who paid $35,000? Mm. That's
6: cr- that's, it's crazy right that's, I mean, what does is, what is like Skrillex make? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I didn't know Shaq had Chops as a DJ, so I Yeah, that too. Wait, yeah. didn't he
1: have an album? I'm trying he's to think. Been a,
2: he has, He's been. He's, that was he's a been a rapper, album, right? Yeah. He's yeah, like yeah, yeah. at least a, a couple rap albums. He did a song with 311. Yeah. Yeah. Shaq has a laptop.
5: <laughs> Shaq has a
6: laptop and an iTunes gift card now. That's probably what you get for that kind of <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I love this story. That's a pretty amazing. amazing story. I think you're right.
0: Now, Colin, mm. you're not a fan of crowdfunding. No. Why is that?
2: Oh dear. <laughs> um, I think that, you know, for products, especially from not so much these guys. We were talking on podcast beyond this week about uh, um, harmonics uh, mm-hmm. and uh, amplitude. and amplitude, um, and. I was talking about like I feel like it's kind of predatory in a way do, for big studios like this to do this to people because they're basically foregoing like the usual route of getting capital from a publisher or from mm-hmm. an, an angel investor or something like that, and they're saying like, "Give us your money and we'll give you the game," but then we make all the profits and we take none of the risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's wrong. I've been saying that for years. Yeah. You know, so I, I just think I think it's I think it's messed up.
0: Did you hear the first uh, consumer protection lawsuit over yes. crowdfunding Kickstarter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's all at Washington yeah, right? yeah. in Washington. Yeah, taking place in Washington. Uh, The suit alleges that an Ed Nash and his company Altius Management failed to make good on a successful Kickstarter campaign for asylum playing cards. They were asking for $15,000. They raised $25,000. They collected the money and then didn't deliver the cards or any of the various backer
6: Shocking. Yeah, that was a horrible story, by the way, because, like... Constantly, the guy would just put up these long things. It was just like, "Hey, you know, things are really bad." And People were like, "I don't care. Just give me the cards." Like, mm, it's yeah. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. I think it's a way around. A couple of years ago, the whole Humble Bundle thing happened, right? And it, and it blew up really big. And remember, some big publishers wanted to get in on that, and everyone was like, you're "Like, no, you're not, not humble." Yeah, that's not you're billionaires. What this is all about. But now Kickstarter, they can kind of just be like, "Oh, we're doing a Kickstarter. Don't worry. It's one of our smaller teams." And blah blah blah. Like, I mean, doesn't Harmonix have all that money from? Making Washington billions of, of dollars
2: for years. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, um, that's the thing that I'm just distressed about. I think it's cool for little guys to do it, and I like that it tests the market and see, you know, kind of prods the market a little bit and see you know mm-hmm. like, if you're interested in this this niche product. I just, you know, we were on podcast beyond. We were talking specifically about Oculus, and like I think that what happened with Oculus and Facebook is like me- like really messed up. Yeah, you know, like so I,
0: I Kickstarter. And then they got bought by for two billion dollars. Yeah, what yep. probably
2: happened? Well, I mean, the order of operations with that is that you know they had you know probably a small angel investor that gave them a few million dollars, right? And then they needed to make units, so they went to Kickstarter and got you know whatever they got twenty million or whatever. The, I don't know what it was, and that attracted two rounds of capital investment from venture capitalists. So already like they were like. We aren't going to take any risk, and you guys can prove that you want it, and then we'll use that to get more money from capital. that will now own yeah. part of the business. Yeah. Then we are going to sell it to Facebook, you know, and make all of that money. And it all started on Kickstarter with people being like, sure. you know, I want. I'm just interested, in, and I just think that's messed up. I, I like the idea of selling equity in something instead of selling the product itself before it's out. It's sure. not a grant. It's not. People are like, it's just a pre-order and stuff so like that. I'm like, if that's the you know if that's the way you feel, that's fine. I'd rather big publishers take the risk. Um, and say you know we, we we're gonna fund this game, and then if, if the game's bad, then they lose.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you
2: don't lose. Sure, yeah.
1: I, I think though, Colin. I th- one of the problems with that though is that big publishers like are really quick to shoot down ideas. Like take a take the last um, oh god, they're right down the street uh, developer, Tim Schafer's company about Double, oh, Double Fine. Yeah. yeah, take Double Fine and how like point and click adventure is like a, has gone the way of the dodo for the most part, right? And that game. Granted, it did change so from what it was originally supposed to be. Yes, mm-hmm. Broken Age was supposed to be, you know, sort of, you know, a complete game, and instead it got changed down to episodic because of the scope and scale had changed. But regardless, that genre is not in vogue, and a publish a lot of publishers probably slapped that idea down before. Kickstarter was able to come to that project's rescue, and something like Amplitude, like I'm just surprised it went to Kickstarter because we didn't we get a form of Amplitude in the last rock band. What was the last rock name? band Blitz? Yeah, yeah, Rock Band Blitz yeah. was sort of Amplitude-esque in a way. No idea how well that sold though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and yeah, and that's the thing. You're right. I mean, it, it, it's a
2: good test bed. It's a good. It's an interesting way to see if people want games. All I'm saying is that you kind of have to ask yourself if, you know, even it, you don't have to have a publisher. You just need capital. You don't need a publisher to publish indie games and, and downloadable games on on the consoles. You know, like. You know, not anymore anyway. And so, like, it often, I often ask myself questions about just the general market about, like, if you can't raise $50,000 to make a game, like, does the market want your game? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and like, and yeah, maybe a niche wants your game and that's fine, but yeah. then, like, it, 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 it circumvents the whole system of, like, you know, investment and risk. Everyone always says, you know, it's free market capitalism. And I always, you know, I, I talked about this on Beyond and I'm like, no, it's not. It's not capitalism, it's free market. For sure, but that's not that 's actually inherently not capitalism, so um, you know it, I just feel like it, the system's destructive. I feel like it 's going to implode in on itself in the next couple of years because um, people are becoming privy to this thing that the whole backlash with the oculus was extraordinary and like and people were mad for the reasons that i 've been mad for a long time about it yeah. you know and, and it only took that much money for people to, to pay you know to pay attention to it, but I think even small amounts of money if if, 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 if an indie developer is like we need a hundred thousand dollars, I think the cooler way to do it would be like listen, we're going to sell 50% of this com- of this game's equity at $10,000 a share, and you can own 5% per $10,000, so but help us out. And you'll get a copy of the game and all that, too, but you'll get some money back if it works, if sure. you believe in it. I think that that's, that is the future of crowdfunding. You know what I mean? Not you know this whole thing where it's like, give us your money, and, and here's yeah. a, some art. So, Until so Facebook us. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. thing
0: that I do like about it is that it makes things possible
2: that just yeah. wouldn't be possible under
0: uh, traditional... Uh, publisher like you know models for instance a game a beloved game from my childhood Shadowgate that I played on the NES ha- has a reimagining of that game has been funded on Kickstarter and it's actually gonna happen now it's like uh-huh. coming out this year we have a trailer for it here if uh, Ransky can queue it up but Shadowgate was a pl- a game I played on the NES another point-and-click adventure game that I loved it's one of my favorite games of all time
1: you have good taste.
0: <laughs> no,
2: it, it, it is totally cool. And I also want to be clear that two, my most anticipated game right now is Shovel Knight, and that is, yeah. that, is a, yeah. that is a that is a Kickstarted yeah. game. Also, Mighty I'm, Number Nine. Yeah, Mighty Number that, Nine. am huh? I'm, I'm super convinced Mighty Number no. Nine. A publisher would have picked Mighty Number no. Nine up, um, okay. but. Uh, and maybe even Shovel Knight if you found it. But but what I'm saying is like, you know. so I like the games that come off this thing, but I will refuse to give them any money. I will that's gladly buy of, your game.
0: That's kind of my feeling too. I've never uh, funded anything on Kickstarter. I didn't fund Shadowgate, but I will totally buy it. Yeah, I'll be happy to give you money sun, yeah. when I get the product. Yep, sure. But I, I'd, sure. I appreciate the fact that that probably wouldn't even be possible for me if it hadn't been funded through Kickstarter. Totally. Mm-hmm. So.
2: I, I, I totally understand that I'm in the minority and how I feel about that, but um, it's the way I feel nonetheless. So.
0: We're just about out of time here. Before we go, let's check in with the listeners really quick. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Drew Ritchie did. And Drew Ritchie is really excited about Mario Kart Ocho.
1: Oh, there we so, go. The Ocho. He says, my
0: most formative years were spent playing Mario Kart on the N64. I played it so much that I feel it held me back in other areas of my life. <laughs> I have no regrets.
1: <laughs>
0: now, um. the last eight years of my life have been spent in a torrid love affair with my PS3 but I'm afraid all good things must end, and I have moved on to a younger, slimmer PS4. My PS4 and I are still in the honeymoon phase of our relationship, so I feel a bit guilty that my eyes are straying towards the new Mario Kart 8. It's like a love for my past has presented herself to me with a new nose job and silky hair. I'm seriously (laughs) considering buying a Wii U bundle solely to play Mario Kart 8. My question is, which controller do you plan on using while playing Mario Kart 8?
2: It's a really well-written email.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Drew Rich. It was
0: like a romance novel by the end there. Yeah. What, so what are our options? Gamepad, Wii Remote, yeah, we pro controller, Nunchuck pro controller,
1: old Pro controller, yeah, yeah, the one that was tethered to the to the Wii Remote. Um,
6: yeah, I, I I like the um, the new Pro controller. Is my yeah. is my way
1: to play that game. Mm-hmm. That it's, one's fine. Yeah, I was playing with the gamepad or the yeah that works too the other day too, and that was fine too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, my my way to play right now is, and most of you guys may laugh at this, it is uh, Wii Remote and Nunchuck. Hate and the it. reason, yeah. I, hate it. I know, but the reason, so I like to get comfortable when I play games and just kind of <laughs> sit however I want, first of all. Second of all, is because the look back button is on the C button, the small circle mm. button on the left Nunchuck, and that is the easiest way to peek back on the That's other it. control setups. You have to hold A for acceleration and then just like lean over for the X, which Mario players, which everyone here is, yeah, are you like running doing and jumping stuff like that, like time. running and jumping, yeah. but I'm not doing that in Mario Kart. Like, I want to be able to peek back quickly and then go do one. you paranoid. You have to be. There's turtle shells flying no. all over place. <laughs> <there. laughs> <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, that game is... It's awesome. We've all been playing it in the office yeah, a bunch yeah. and It can't it's, get enough of it. Yeah, no, really you good.
1: won't be disappointed, Drew. Trust me, that game's looking serious. When is... The, we, we haven't reviewed it yet, right? No, no. Uh, review will be up on the site in the middle of May. Yeah. Cool. It's out on the... 30th. 30th. Yes. So there's a little bit of a wait. Sorry, Drew.
0: Mm -hmm. Memorial Day weekend, you can be playing. mm -hmm. Mario Kart with Joe. I like that. Let's make that a thing. (laughs) Word. All right. I think that's all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you, Colin. Thank you. Thank you, Jose. Thank you, Brian. My name is Damon Rim. You can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at igin.com, and we're out.